Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> today is um, just like any other day. And I was thinking about um, a, a few things, but possibly the most important thing on my mind was um, a friend of mine was supposed to come on the show um, and it didn't, well, it, it didn't happen and things happened and he didn't come on the show. And um, and then I, I call, I've been calling him and asking him to come back and he's ghosted me. Now, this, this, um, this particular um, guest was, was going to be a really great guest because he was, has been sober um, for three, for four months and he was going to start a job and it's all, and it was great. However, he's not speaking to me, not picking up his phone. So my worry is that he's um, relapsed. Now that happens a lot of times. And um, we, we talk about second chances and it's probably more about forgiveness right now. So how do you forgive yourself or forgive someone else for doing something that you think they've done wrong or forgive yourself for doing something that you've, you know you shouldn't do, but you do it. Now you have to come back on the train. How do you do that? Well, I don't know. I'm Karina, Break Fear, Find Freedom, and this is Dino. Hey, Dino. Hi. Um, forgiveness, Dino. Like how, you know, someone, someone, someone does something to someone else, right? Um, or someone does something to you and you feel really bad about it, right? Um, but it, do you forgive that person or is it about forgiving yourself? Because if someone falls off the bus, whatever, like me, I love chocolates, right? And I, I try not to have chocolates. Um, but sometimes I do. And then I feel really bad. How do you forgive yourself um, and move on? Or do you just move on? Yeah, you know, uh, all right. So I, I get the subject matter, but you started off talking about this one potential guest, right? And um, everything after that, as far as I'm concerned, I disagree with. Okay, <laughs> so uh, that's good, right? So tell. Well, it's, it's a good debate. So, you know, um, he was scheduled to be a guest right. and you said he ghosted you. And so then the rest of it started with belief. I believe that he's fallen off the wagon and um, and, you know, it, it was going to be a good show, is what you said. And uh, and you said, how do I, how, we're talking about forgiveness, or is it forgiving myself? All these things, as far as I'm concerned, that you just mentioned were assumptions. You don't know it's going to be no. a good show. And you have no control whether somebody stays on or falls off the wagon. No. And no. what does that have to do with forgiving yourself? Are you angry that they blew you off? No, no. I'm talking then about there's no, nothing about to, to 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 be forgived about. I don't get it. Okay. So what if so I'm talking about myself. So if I'm myself, right? So if I if I do something and I fall off the wagon, mm -hmm. um do I, how do I forgive myself and move on? So how do I say, hey, you know what, Karina, you, you made that mistake. So what? It's life, you know? 
forgive yourself, learn the lesson and move on. A lot of times um, I find that I'll beat myself up for three weeks saying, hey, why did you do that? Why did you fall off the wagon? Why did you eat the chocolates? Why did you do what you did? And then it just destroys my life for three weeks. Um, I mean, I'm exaggerating now, right? So how do you actually um, say, you know what, it's okay. It's okay to have done that. You're human after all, you're not perfect. Um, how do you move on from that? How would you move on from that? You just move on. I mean, look, I mean, you can feel sorry for yourself and beat yourself up till you're blue in the face or just like you said, understand that you're human and we're not perfect. We strive for perfection. We'll never reach it. And uh, we have faults. Uh, so if you're going to, let's say the example falling off the wagon, which happens all the time in, 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 in my world, the silver community, you know, people are like, oh, my God, I feel like smash, slapping myself. I feel like punching myself. I feel so bad. Oh, I'm so tired of this, you know. And, and, and it's, it's I get it. You're frustrated, right? But what, what they don't get is that most of them that are complaining are sober a month. They're sober three months. They're sober two years. Some sober five years. There's no perfect cookie cutter um, example that I can give you. But in all cases, what they don't realize is, you know, the day you quit, the day I quit was the day that I couldn't even imagine going the next hour without alcohol because I knew that I would have these horrible withdrawals mm -hmm. where you feel like, oh my God, if I don't have a, a, a drink, I'm going to die. You know, my skin's itchy. I'm nervous, I'm twitchy, I'm sweating, you know, I mean, all the things that really, as far as quitting drugs or alcohol, it's not, well, it's bad on my body. At least this is my take. It's not mm -hmm. bad on my body. It's not good for me. I know I need to live a clean life. All those things are great reasons. But the number one reason why people have such a tough time with recovery is the fear of withdrawal. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you talk about somebody that's slipped, that's been sober for a month or a year or five years, you've been sober for a month or a year or five years. That's by itself incredible. It means that you have bypassed all the physical withdrawals. Mm -hmm. It's out of your system. What you're feeling is a mental withdrawal. It's mental. It's not physical. It's not in your bloodstream anymore. Yes. It's yes. Not, oh my God, you know, we better give them something so, you know, they could detox because in some cases, if you're really, really severely addicted, like I was, uh, quitting cold turkey could kill you. Yeah. Of I mean, your, your, your heart could stop. Okay. So, um, you know, you put that in perspective. So, uh, if if I've been sober for a month and it's out of my system and I slipped, normally those people that slip catch it that same day. Or worst case, let's say they, well, I slipped anyway. I might as well just keep binging for the rest of the week. But eventually they come out of the cloud and they're like, oh, wow, I, I messed up. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's almost, you don't carry with it the same addiction because you've been clean for a while your body keeps healing yeah, keeps yeah. Healing. 
takes years to heal, but still a month is enough, right? Mm-hmm. And people don't look at that uh, the same way as as I do. It's just like, wow, you know, holy crap. You know, you, you, you've been clean for a month. Give yourself some credit. You know what it's like to be clean. You've yes. passed that fear of withdrawal thing. So the next time you quit, it's more of a mental will. It's not reliant on, oh my God, I hope I don't feel withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And like me, um, who, who didn't want to, you know, I, I, I tried uh, quitting a, a, a few times before I, I went into uh, rehab and uh, I used um, the emergency room. Perfect example. I mean, I was physically sick because it, you, you, my, my cells in my body were so saturated with alcohol that I was starting to get sick drinking, but I couldn't stop drinking, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I remember going into the ER and saying, um, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm an alcoholic, full-blown alcoholic. And if I don't get something in less than 30 minutes, I'm going to have these crazy withdrawals. Every nurse and doctor said, thank you for telling me this. Yes, yes. And And they gave me something to replace my urge. Right. Mm, mm, mm. And stupid me, as soon as you leave the hospital, you're like, you know what? I haven't had a drink in 12 hours. Uh, Let me go get a bottle because I feel better now. You know, it's mind, body, spirit. Now, I I don't want to make this a recovery thing. I think you're talking about anything in life. Oops, Mm. you make a mistake, you fall down, you skin your knee or whatever, and you get up and you do it again. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So a lot of times it's, it's, you know, forgive yourself for what? I mean, you haven't committed a sin. (laughs) Drinking isn't a sin. Eating chocolates is not a sin. It's a choice. Yes. So there's nothing to feel guilty about. It's just, I'm going to do better next time is is maybe uh, an approach or you look at your body and you're like you know what i've been eating some very rich foods and i'm not really happy with how i look okay you don't have to feel guilty about it you know exactly why this is happening it's not like some shocker you woke up one day and you're like oh wow what happened you know what happened (laughs) right (laughs) you know exactly what happened so uh you know in that case what do you do you actually know exactly what you need to do the difference is are you going to do it or not the will to continue and do it so what i found is um you know take Take immediate gratification and, and and put it in its proper place. Take immediate wins and savor those little milliseconds as well. You know, it's not the end all be all, but it gives you that those endorphins that you need to know that you're going on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my big thing early in my business career was that I would do a to-do list every night of things that I didn't get to accomplish that day, right? And then that night list would be carried on in the morning so that me just starting out in business would know, oh, I got to do this, this, and you add on a few more by morning. I mean, you know, it always happens. Yes, Yes. But I would get 
uh, rush crossing off things <laughs> off my list, even stupid things like workout, even if it's like five minutes. But it was something that I could cross off. And then crossing off, I started equating to something I did that was successful. Mm, mm. Right? And so you're never going to cross, usually, you're never going to cross off everything on your list. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you crossed off 70% of your list, you feel good. Yes. Now, did we cure cancer? No. <laughs> With that daily list? No. But in my own way, that was a mild hurdle. Um, it's it's seeing things visually, which is really important, that, that we're accomplishing towards our goal. Mm. So as an example, if I needed to lose 10 pounds, I would break it down into a list. Every three days, I want to lose a pound, right? And I'd make a... I, I would do this. I would make a, <laughs> you know, like a calendar and, and then put the actual weight and it could be minus, it could be plus. I mean, you're not going to hit it, but it, it just, it makes you see things like you're closer to your goal. Somebody told me uh, physical action speeds mental acceptance. And that is true. Wow. That's very true. That's very if true. You think about it. Yes. Right? Yes. So yes. you can think about things, you can hope things, you can wish things, you can fantasize about things, and all that's great. It's part of dreaming, daydreaming, especially. But unless you do physical action, it doesn't speed, it doesn't make it real, does mm, it? Mm, mm, right? Mm, yes. So um anyway, I don't okay. know how we got to that point, but that's my I, deal. I love that because um what I was thinking about a lot of times um when when you fall off the wagon or whatever, uh, you're so caught up in, in guilt, and sometimes it's just an excuse, you know, because you, you get caught up in this like cycle of guilt, blame, shame, and it becomes horrible. And if you just step out for a moment, like you said, and take some kind of action, even if, even if it's a little bit, little action, like, I don't know, okay, well, hey, just acknowledge that you made a mistake and start planning or start doing one thing, little thing every day, then it'll make a difference and you can get out of the cycle. Because I think that's basically what I was talking about is the cycle. So you're in this terrible cycle and then you feel like you have to forgive yourself for something, but really, it's it's almost like an excuse to get stuck in that cycle. So again, you need to just break out the cycle by doing one little thing, even if it's one little thing yeah. on a daily basis. And, you know, and the truth is, when you're talking about anything, it doesn't have to be addiction and recovery and so anything, right? You usually know that you're going to break your cycle before you break it. You usually know, and you can tell uh, by little comments or little gestures or just the way people respond. They'll respond extra negative. They'll respond in a different way. Now, I'm I'm a master of patterns, but that's because I've, I'm good at it, right? I've, I've, I've done it all my life. I'm sure psychiatrists and uh, FBI profilers are probably good at this stuff, too. Right, yes. But it's kind of the same thing. You study mannerisms because in sales, it's all about gestures and comments and the meaning behind words. And you can overanalyze this to death. It really is like a mathematical equation. 
But when you get good at it, it just takes milliseconds. And you just like, okay, this didn't sound right. I'm not accusing them, but I'm I my my internal red flag says you're gonna need to clarify this statement. Don't we wish we could do that with somebody that you know is ready to fall off the wagon when you hear these little things yes. that they do yes. or say. Yes, right? yes. I suspect that I mean. Who knows? I'm not even picking on your guest because we have we know nothing about. At least I don't, especially. Yes. I don't know anything about. Yes, well, I don't know much but, about him, but but uh, but the point is, you know, if if somebody is not wanting to be found, there's usually a reason. <laughs> okay, That's and my uh, so yeah, so you know, if um, and I, you know. Oh, wow. Don't want to get real personal, but you hear these college tries all the time. In my personal relationships, you hear the thing. I've decided I'm never going to drink again. I've decided I'm never doing this again. Yeah. I decided that I'm going to do this. And I mean, you know, and, and they're they're all gung ho. And oh, today I went to the gym. Today I got up at six o'clock in the morning. Today, you know, and that's great. Not knocking that at all. But that's a snippet of time that you're showing me. And then is it consistent? Is it manageable? Is it realistic? Is, mm -hmm. it, is it, can you maintain that, right? If it's an unsustainable state, right? I can work out and I, I could get three times as big yes. easily. Yes. And yes. I've done it in, in, in my life. But do you know what it takes to sustain that state? You, you have to eat. When you're not even hungry and you have to take, I do, protein powders and, you know, just kind of shove it down your throat and you got to like almost live in the gym and you got to buy gym things and you got to say gym phrases and, you know, it's it's a lifestyle. It's yes, not just, oh, well, I'm going to try it and this is how I'm going to look. Good luck. Um, but then you ask yourself and, and some people it's okay. You know, are you willing to dedicate four hours every day of your life? to sustain this look mm, mm, and if the mm. answer is no like it's it, it's good if you're if if you got nothing else going on but if you actually have a life outside the gym or a job or a commitment or a relationship or all of the above yeah what you're going to find is you're going to be putting it off well today i don't have that time well today i'm just going to do an hour well, uh, you know, I got up late, so I can't. Well, today I have a meeting. And those four hours suddenly become less and less and less important in your life. And then what you do is you start getting mad. Oh, my God. Why why don't I look the way I want to look? You know exactly why you don't look yeah. the way you do. Yeah. Because you know that to look this way, you got to have this much time every day. And you got to eat this much. And look, ignorance is bliss. But, mm. you know, what I am fi still finding out and probably forever finding out is that um, we all know what it takes to derail and we all know what it takes to get on track again. We know it's just that we're not willing to do it or we're easily disrupted or distracted or whatever. Mm, mm. It's, it's like it's like it's like saying I'm going to quit smoking, 
but then you're dating a smoker and then eventually that urge becomes too much and then you're like well they were smoking so i started smoking again yes it happens yes it happened to me uh but you know how bad do you want to stop smoking are you are you just not smoking i mean I, so it just it comes back to will mm. you know willpower i don't know what's going on with with your friend there could be multiple reasons but number one karina and i know you're an empath and everything but it's not your problem <laughs> the only thing you could be is have the door that's open with conditions if they ever resurface and they're somebody that you choose to want to have in your life but it's with conditions the same way i have conditions i will help people i will listen to their problems i will counsel them i will support them uh, you know and, and this goes for a business question this goes for a charitable cause this goes for the recovery community this goes for somebody that's depressed Yes, There's a yes. lot of different things that I do, but in saying that, I'm not just just because I represent philanthropy. Doesn't mean that I should take down all my guard and all my defenses and just be a bumbling boob, right? I mean, yeah, I no. have filters. I have to have qualifications. I have to say, I will help you, but how badly do you want this? Because mm. I don't want to care about this more than you do. <laughs> right? Yes. I don't want to inherit the problem. I yes. want to be, uh, you know, assistance in, 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 in the solution. Mm. Right? Mm. So this thing that you're feeling as an empath I, I, is kind of dangerous, uh, in my opinion, because you feel everything almost to the point where you make it your personal problem. And as noble as it is to care about people, not at the expense of your own health. Yes. Did I go too far? Did I step on a line? <laughs> no, it's something that I'm working on a lot. Um, it's, 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 been, it's always been like that. So it's easy to just give and give and give. Um, but then you left with nothing. And I mean, what is that point there? So it is about boundaries. It's about boundaries and saying, okay, well, hey, you know what? I'm giving you this, but now it's up to you. I've 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 called you or whatever. Um you you must get on with your own life. I mean, I'm not responsible for your for your life. Um and they may and they may come around. Michael Jordan's a great example. Let's talk sports. Everybody likes sports. Here's a good one. Okay, so Michael Jordan, my opinion, greatest guy ever. Uh, uh, not only because of his physical ability, but because uh, like like uh, even when you talk about quarterbacks, it's not usually that they could throw that perfect spiral or how far they could throw it. Mm -hmm. It's usually because they were a leader. Their mind was just as powerful and as charismatic yeah. as their body. Yeah. Right. Okay. So all those things equals Michael Jordan age, right. And time, uh, yes. weathers down anybody. So his mind's still sharp, actually more in my opinion, because it gains wisdom as you get older, but, yeah. but the body, you can't do the things that you used to do. I'm learning this too. I, I can't jump like I was seven. 
<laughs> so Jordan buys a basketball team, right? And now Jordan's the coach. Yes. And he not only is not always had a successful winning team, and they've lost games. They've lost games that they should have won. I mean, you know, you could say that about any team. Never, ever, at least as far as I'm, I know, did Jordan ever excuse himself, go in the back in the locker room, take off a suit, suit up and say, hey, you know what? I'm playing because I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> he's never yeah. done that, right? <laughs> yes. So he's a coach now. He's accepted and assumed his role as a coach. He's there to inspire. He's there to tell people uh, about his experiences and, and, and share his tremendous wisdom about the game. But he's not there to play the game for them. Right? right. So if right. the team loses, okay, we're all going to feel bad. But we have our health and there's, you know, multiple games in the season. And, you know, he's thinking about different ways to train people for different strategies. But again, even with more training and adjusting your game plan, he's still a coach in a suit, sitting on the sidelines, not playing. What we're doing, and everybody has a tendency, I found, to do, is... We want to be so immersed and consumed in the people that we help. We almost start doing the work for them. Mm -hmm. and, and having these assumptions that they want this as badly as we do for them. And what you find is you're living their life. Yeah. And pulling them instead of guiding. Yes. And sometimes they don't want. And, and I'm not an empath, and I've never always been a philanthropist. And I have had a storied 40 year career in business where I was the most selfish, self absorbed SOB you've ever met in your life. But it was for me, winning was everything. Mm -hmm. And get out of my way because you're 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 a nuisance, right? And even then, when I had all these big plans and big ideas and all this stuff, and you have an entire team, like 300 employees working for you that are being paid money, lots of money, some of them, to have a professional approach to what they're saying. Hey, I I'm a marketer, right? Okay, yeah. how much do marketers make? Well, they make this much. Ooh, that's a lot, but you're a professional marketer. I'm going to pay you. So I'd pay these people. Then yeah. I'd be like, what's going on? Well, I don't know. What do you think I should do? You're the mm. marketer. I'm paying you, and I'm telling you what to do. So almost always in my life, and this isn't their fault. This is mine. Mm -hmm. I would bypass the... Let's let's leave them alone and trust that they're professionals. I, I wouldn't trust anything. And I would say, you know what? Here's how you're going to do it and follow me. Oh, you can't do it? You can't tie your, your shoelaces? Oh, let me do it. Let me tie them. Come on, let's yeah. go. Yeah. All the while still paying them. 
And all the while, them accepting my money. Mm, of course. It doesn't sound fair when I break it down to this ridiculous level. But it's like everything else in life. You become what you allow others to do to you. And so, you know, at this stage of my life, it's just really funny because I have all this wisdom. I have all this experience. I try to avoid the same pitfalls that I've experienced over 40 years. And now it's in the name of good. But just because it's in the name of good doesn't change the game. People will still come and try and test you. People will still come and say, well, you know, you're helping people. You might as well help me. Why? Make me a believer of why I should help you. Tell me why you want this more, more than I want it for you. Mm-hmm. You should be like the most salivating, drooling individual to accomplish the goal that you're so passionate about or that you need funding on or that you need counsel on, right? Not me. Yes. But a lot of times it turns out I'm the guy who does the wake-up call. I'm the guy who goes, hey, come on, let's go. I'm the rah-rah cheerleader. And I'm thinking, why am I so concerned about their goal more than they are? But they'll let you if, if, if you let them. Yes, right? yes, yes. And and you know what I found the, the worst part of this is <clears throat> you work with these people and you carry them. And then at the end of the day, they resent you for it because, <laughs> hey, <laughs> they do because it's like, whoa, you know what? I didn't want this. You wanted it. And I don't want this anymore. Or, or for me, I've done a lot of the pro bono work. So, okay. You want this? Come, I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free. Come on, let's do it. I'll do it. I don't care. You don't have money. Um, And then what happens is they get to a point where they'll go and employ someone to help them further, and they'll resent me, or they'll they'll they won't value my services. And it's only because I'm not valuing it. Well, so that's a you know that's a okay. So that's a business one on one. I'm going to leave it with this. I'm kind of running out of time, but here's a business lesson, right? And a lot of people have heard it called various different things. But number one, if you're a business person or just talking about personal life, it's called setting the stage. It's basically announcing what you will do and why and how. Mm -hmm. I'm this. It's almost like saying, I'm not a pushover. I'm not a fool. It's going to cost you something to take a piece of my soul or to have my time. And I know it sounds standoffish. It's not meant to be. But setting the stage is a very, very important first step in any business relationship. And I'm finding any relationship, period. Because it establishes the expectations of, mm. of if I go into something now and it's just like, oh, well, it sounds good. All right, let's do it. And we'll figure it out later. How many times do we do that? We'll figure it out as we go along. You haven't set the stage. So yes. you're constantly testing each other. Mm-hmm. Where if you set the stage, you'd be like, hey, remember when we started? I said this, this, and this. I'm not feeling it. And you have to always kind of reestablish that line. 
Yes, yes, okay. yes, it's, yes. It's called setting the stage. The second part, which I can't cover today, but the second part is your worth, okay? Free is a great word. People respond to free. People love free. You hear it all the time. It's free. And most people that hear free, they're like, what's the catch, right? Let's just pretend free is free. There is no catch. There is no catch, yeah. With me, I don't even care if I didn't have money. With me, I would rather pay something for a service than get it for free because I value it more. Yes, yes. Because people are so conditioned to pay for a service, okay? And so when you give something away for free, the expectation is, which I know is not true, but the expectation is that, yeah, I'm getting all this help, I'm getting this counseling, but it is free. I mean, in their mind, they're thinking because it's free, it must mean that it's the bottom of the barrel service. Right. Right? Yes, yes, yes. A Rolex watch keeps the worst time in the world. The worst time. You want to get an accurate watch? I'd rather get a Timex than a Rolex. Of course, <laughs> yeah. at a pawn shop, they don't care about a Timex. They care about Rolexes. Yes. I used to buy Rolexes only because it looked nice. It was a piece of jewelry. And I knew that if I was ever in a pinch, I could go anywhere and not get full value for it, of course. But I'd get money on the spot for it. Yes. That's how I used to think, right? I have a Rolex because it's a status symbol. I have a Rolex because it's a piece of jewelry. I have a Rolex because it's recognized the world over. Is it the best at keeping time? No. So why do people buy a Rolex instead of a Timex? Because it's a, they, the value they feel. They feel that it's worth that money. So they pay Right. And the ones that can't afford it don't say, oh, you're you're a sucker for buying a Rolex. They're like, oh, wow, it must be nice. Right. Yes, yes, Imagine yes. a service that you're providing. That had the same mentality. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you're being counseled by Karina. Oh, it must be nice. I can't afford her class, but I wish I could. <laughs> Instead right. of, oh, that's free. That's free. One. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Anyway, that's for another show. These business yes. lessons I love doing. But to answer your question um, about guilt, guilt about what? I mean, at the end of the day, we're not living somebody else's life. We're living our own. Um, and it's not selfish to live our own lives. Yes. And if we're going to get involved in somebody else's life, it's to direct, it's to spark, it's to nudge, it's to encourage, it's not to live. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. So that's all I got for that. Good show. <laughs> good show. Well, thank you, Dino. Um, thank you. It was a good show, and thank you, everybody else. And um, I'll we'll see you next week. Um, I'm just uh, there's there's uh, there's something that I need to just 
put out there. Um, we're talking about free. I've got the the self love um, challenge that we that we did in January, and I know, but it was a great challenge. Um, it's going to be up. It's it's up in the the Break Fear Find Freedom group. So if you want to do it, just join the group, um, and let's have some fun in there. Um, that's about all I've got. What have you got before we go? That's it. It was a good week. Hope you guys have a good weekend. I got to go. I got to run. Okay. Thanks, everyone. See ya.